Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Fridays with Keenan's Cutting Edge, where we discuss all things edge. My name is Jenna Labore, and I will be your host as we explore the dynamic world of Don Keenan's trial philosophy, The Cutting Edge. Those of you joining us live this afternoon are receiving early bird access to this episode. You have the opportunity to ask questions and interact with our speaker live. If you happen to be unable to join us live, however, episodes will be released each week following the live broadcast. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and click the alerts icons to make sure you don't miss an episode. Today we have Joe Tunstall with us speaking on stress relief. Joe practices personal injury, workers' comp, and social security law out of North Carolina, and we'll put a link to his website as well as his contact information in the section below so that you can reach out to him directly with any questions after this episode. Joe, please tell us how you managed to relieve stress in this massively stressful profession. <laughs> well, thank you, Jenna. Um, again, my name is Joe Tunstall, and uh, I'm going to talk to you briefly a little bit today about uh, dealing with stress um, and and uh, uh, what and how we deal with that. One of the big issues that we all deal with these days is uh, with the pandemic and everything else going on is, is how do we deal with the amount of uh, increased pressure and increased stress that we're dealing with? And I'm going to give just a couple of hints and helps uh, as we kind of move through. Um, so at this point, I'm going to share my screen a little bit as I talk and, and kind of go from there. So let's start with with why Don asked me to talk today. So 50% of all lawyers currently feel disengaged from their firm. 40% uh, of all lawyers currently have an increased work stress. 55% of all lawyers currently feel overwhelmed. This according to the ABA profile on the legal profession. Sixty percent of lawyers in small to medium firms work more than 40 hours a week, every week. And lawyers rank fourth in profession in professions nationwide for suicide. So why did Don ask me? Uh, and if you can see in my background, uh, I am in North Carolina. I speak like a North Carolinian. Uh, I have animals on the wall. I am the least frou-frou uh, trial attorney uh, in the world. And why am I talking about mindfulness and stress relief? Well, the story is, is very short. Uh, I have been doing this for 21 years. I've tried something over 100 uh, uh, plaintiffs, civil trials to verdict. Uh, and about seven or eight years ago, I hit the burnout stage that we all do where I'm running around and I've got too many cases in litigation and I'm trying to figure out how to have this, uh, this wonderful thing we all want called happiness. So you get what we're looking for is the ability to go home, turn it off uh, and and actually enjoy a little bit of, of all this hard work that we've been putting in over the years. And one of the things that. Uh, as I looked at all the different programs that are out there, whether it be, you know, therapy, whether it be uh, exercise, uh, whatever your thing is that works for you. Uh, what I was seeing with the other trial lawyers is we're all A++ personalities. We're all going 100 miles an hour. We all think we're right about everything. And what we're having the biggest hard time with is turning it off when we get home. Why are so many of my friends having trouble with uh, alcohol? Why are so many of my friends having trouble with substances? Why are so many of my friends working? Uh, you know, 40 hours is done by Wednesday and we're still rolling and we roll all weekend long. And then we turn around and we're like, why do we hate our profession? Uh, and we should. This is fun. We have the greatest opportunity in the world. Most of the 
the, the edge folks, uh, the, the people who have been trained by Don. I mean, we get into this because we want to fight for the injured. We want to fight for the disabled. But that compassion fatigue burns us out a little bit. So Don asked me, uh, because I began posting and sending to various folks uh, what I was learning. And he said, okay, uh, well, you're learning this stuff, share it. So, so that's how I, that's how you get a, uh, the last person you would expect the last, the least frou-frou person in the world to be talking about stress relief. So as we walk through this, um, uh, if there's any questions, let me know. Why do I throw this slide in there? Why do I meditate? Why do I practice mindfulness? Why do I work on, on these things? Well, it's because I want to be able to go home and spend time with my wife and not still be at the office. And that was the hardest thing for me. And to this day is still the hardest thing for me. Uh, and the biggest part about this practice, this stress relief we're going to talk about is learning how to put things in the perspective they need to be in. So if you are, uh, if you work in, you know, 80 hours a week, getting ready for a trial, or you're on a normal week and most of us put in way more than 40 hours and you go home, how do you turn it off? How do you get to a point where when you walk in the door, you are there with your family? And for some folks, they're going to hear this and just flip off and say, you know, that was really neat. I was looking for trial tips, not how to live my life. But the mindset of what we're working on is at the end of the day, what's going to make you a better trial lawyer. Empathy, if you ever lose it, makes it extremely difficult to represent folks with the things that we go through. But that same empathy, we have the hardest time turning around on our on ourselves. And uh, that's something I have been talking about and Don has asked me to speak about before which is having some empathy for yourself. Uh, if you're going 100 miles an hour every single day and you hit a point where it's, it's no longer fun, um, then maybe you need to look internally a little bit. And uh, for me, it was when I walk out of this door, when I walk out of this office or my office in Raleigh and I want to, to walk in the door with my family, how am I present for them, that's a big buzzword we all hear these days. But but how do you, how am I there for them if I'm still thinking about this case for trial? How am I there for them if I'm still working on uh, you know composing uh, interrogatories in my head or working on a question uh, that I'm going to ask in a deposition? And for me, that was a big deal. Um, and I'm not perfect at it. I mean, uh, last night I was sitting on the floor with one of my uh, with my youngest child. And uh, I got a text from the office about a big issue um, and somebody needed an answer. And, uh, and, and I had to, to do that thing where I say, okay, I'll give you two minutes. And I got up and I went in another room and I gave him two minutes and I made a decision and I came right back to where I was. Um, and I wish I could say that that was how I handle it every time. But sometimes my wife has to lean down there and go, hey, uh, you still at work or are you here? Um, and, and that's what the reason I started working on this. And this is why I think for a lot of us, that's what we need to do. I practice law because I like folks, right. And I like to help folks. And, uh, and I think that, uh, if we forget about our family and we lose the empathy, uh, for ourselves in the fact that we want career development and we lose that that thing where we become so obsessed with what we're doing at work that we forget our family, then we begin to lose that deep desire to help other folks. So the first thing that, that, that I tell folks to do is we need to work on ourselves first. It's not going to make you any less of a fired up trial lawyer. Um, and, and as lawyers, all we do is tell, we, we use stories and analogies to tell everything. And I'll tell you, I lost my temper uh, earlier this week in a, in a large deposition. We had everything set up and, and the doctor was just completely uncooperative. And unfortunately, it was my treating physician. Uh, and I lost my temper. And I, it took me a few minutes to get it back. But for me, 
the issue was not losing of the temper. It was not being uh, fired up and ready to go try cases. The issue was the ability to get okay with myself very quickly. Um, because whether we're winning cases or whether we're losing cases or whether we're trying cases, it all starts with ourselves, and we need to find a way to be okay with, with, with me, be okay with Joe first. And then that gives you the confidence to go in and try some stuff in trial that you otherwise never would have had. How do you get that confidence? Well, first of all, you listen to Don, you do a lot of practicing. Uh, a whole lot of practice and, and you do it over and over and over again. Um, but the second part of that is how do you get that confidence is by being okay with yourself. And as lawyers, we need that help. Um, the Betty Ford Foundation and the American Bar Association uh, have come in and they said that 28% of licensed employed attorneys deal with some level of depression. Uh, Let's flip that over to the plaintiff's bar and those of us who are representing uh, folks at trial. And I'll be honest with you, it's uh, I think it's, it's way over 28 percent. Nineteen percent demonstrate symptoms of anxiety. Uh, if you've ever been around a bunch of trial lawyers and all of a sudden somebody somebody uh, who normally is is outgoing and, and fired up, just can't get going for a trial or get going for something you've seen some anxiety rearing its ugly head. 23% have severe stress. Now these studies were before the pandemic. I like to throw this in for fun. So um, as part of this journey I've been on, I've tried just about everything. So, so de-stress, right? So, so uh, I, I've tried the, the, the playing of, of sense in the background. I remember Don at, at a seminar years ago talking about uh, smells and bringing you back to uh, to events, and uh, and so I've tried since I've tried just about everything under the sun as I got deeper and deeper into these reports. Um, the ABA did a, a big report back in 2017 on the healthy lawyer. And they put out a toolkit It's right there. Uh, under the American Bar Association's content. Uh, it, if you just type in ABA and toolkit uh, for lawyers and legal employers, how to become a healthy lawyer. What's a healthy lawyer? Um, so is stress healthy? Is anxiety healthy? Is depression healthy? Is substance abuse healthy? And the short part of what we do is we do a tremendous amount of um, mental stress with a with giving ourselves a very short amount of time to reset. And that really throws us out of this zone of, of, of flow. So let me let me briefly explain what I mean by that. So if you've ever been an athlete and a whole lot of us doing men and women who have gotten into the uh, practice of law, have been either athletes or they've competed. And we've all been there where everything just went perfectly. We have, uh, whether it be the baseball player who's who or softball player who is just hitting perfectly that day, or the basketball player that can't miss, or uh, the, uh, the person who is competing in the science Olympiad and they get every question. Um, and then as adults, we begin to compete. Uh, and as trial lawyers, we compete in a very competitive zone where when we're on, everything is just going exactly the way it's supposed to be. So as I learn more and more about this mental stress, as you get thrown out of your zone, as you get thrown out of your ability to just put it to the other side, a lot of that has to do with allowing the stress to come in and, and, and knock you out. So you've, you've prepped, you've, you've listened to Don or, or uh, you've worked on your trial skills and you have just absolutely gotten everything ready for this trial. You're ready to start picking a jury. You sit down and, uh, and you open your mouth and things just aren't coming out the way you want them to. Well, where, what does that have to do with? That's your mental state. And so that's what I'm talking about here. 
uh, your mental ability to kind of deal with these things is really can make the biggest difference in, in where you ultimately go. So I like this idea of zone or flow. And I like to be in a corporate. I mean, you know, as often as possible, I'm doing, I think I've done, today's Friday, I think I've done three or four depositions this week um, in, in different places and different cases. And, um, and in each one, like most of us, I have to get up and get ready and have a short reset and a, uh, a very short memory on what I did right and what I did wrong. But at the same time, a very long memory because I sit down with my dictaphone afterwards and I go through what I did right and what I did wrong so I can do better. Um, but we're, we're, we're shifting very quickly from one thing to another. And that, that stress that builds up during the week um, can absolutely overcome your normal ability to, to flow from one thing to the other and just absolutely dominate. And that's what I like to, to have worked on. Well, that's what I had been working on and that's what I had been studying about how you, how you deal with that. How do I get back into that zone or into that flow state? Why does Don think this is important? Why does Don say, okay, Joe, I want you to talk about these things to, to all these lawyers who are they're trial lawyers. They're in a courtroom. They're tough. I mean, they're knocking stuff out, right? I mean, they're pushing. Um, and the problem with the pushing, and there's not a problem, the, one of the effects of the pushing is we all hit a certain place where we've got to protect ourselves a little bit so that we can continue to give every single thing to our clients. And so as we move through this in the next few minutes, I'm going to give some ideas about how to do that. And I want to bring this kind of full circle. So I talked about these athletes in this flow state. And one of the biggest things about these athletes that we're talking about is they all have coaches. Every single one of us. I mean, why are we talking with Don? He's our, he's our trial skills coach, right? I mean, how many of us have a, a coach that helps us um, – you're 45 years old and you decide to run a marathon the first time. You might do it alone, but most folks go get a coach. Uh, you're, uh, you want to do a triathlon. You're going to have a triathlon coach. Uh, you want to um, you want to get better at pretty much anything in life and you go get a coach. So what types of coaches are available out there for uh getting your mental side together and what is the benefit of working on this, this, this mental side? All of us have been there. We got litigation costs. We got discovery. We got depositions. We got mediations. We got trial. Okay. Let's turn around. Let's do it again. There's no end to this, uh, especially if you really like it. Uh, you're, you know, you might be in a deposition today. You're going to be in a mediation tomorrow. You're going to be in a trial in two weeks. Um, you've got cost out the yin yang. Um, you're, you're a plaintiff's lawyer. You're hanging it out there every day. Uh, you got piles of discovery in every one of these cases. And, uh, every one of us wants to look at every single document and every single thing that comes in. Uh, since I've been sitting here, my texts have been going off with people asking me questions. It's it's a non-stop all day long process. But what are we doing to go back and protect ourselves and put us in that flow state in that best position whatsoever to win for our clients every time? How do you hit a home run every single time? The stock market guys, if you if you start looking at at how a lot of uh, uh, of professions work, professional baseball players hit home runs very few times. I mean, their batting averages, if they're just knocking out of the park, maybe you know three hundred. Stock market folks, do they have to be right one hundred percent of the time? Or do they just have to, to, to really push it when uh, the money matters? What do we do? Well, we're calculating and risk-taking in uh, high-stakes litigation for our clients. 
And unlike the home run hitter, we don't have to be right 30% of the time or 20% of the time. We need to be right 100% of the time. And that puts a lot of stress back on us. So I've been talking for 20 minutes and, and all I've been talking about is the, the deep, dark, nasty part of what we do. Well, what do we do about it? What's this X factor? Before I even talk about how to deal with, uh, with, with, with meditation or with mindfulness, one of the biggest factors that I have seen uh, amongst trial lawyers is sleep. Uh, I try to, my first case back post-pandemic uh, was in August and uh, I noticed something. I've, I've been tracking my sleep for about a year. And when I get uh, a certain amount of sleep every single night, uh, I am killing it the next day, both athletically and mentally. Uh, and so you cannot talk about meditation. You can't talk about mindfulness. You can't talk about stress management without also bringing up sleep. Unfortunately, in our culture, a bunch of us will say, you know, you literally, if you get a bunch, around a bunch of A++ personality lawyers, these men and women, the first thing you hear about is, well, I have outworked you and I'm, I'm, I'm doing more than you are. And, um, you know, I didn't sleep for a month getting ready for this trial. <laughs> well, my first suggestion to you is uh, that may work for Pop Don, uh, for Don Keenan. Uh, and believe me, I've been around him where I don't think he slept at all. Um, and uh, but at the same time, for most of us mortals, we need to sleep. Um, we need to to be able to get enough to be ready to go the next day. And these days, you can do it one of two ways. You can you can lay down and and, and see whether you're getting good sleep. You can track it. There's uh, I wear a little band on my wrist all the time, uh, or an Apple Watch um, if you can get the battery to work correctly. Um, there's so many things that track your sleep, but what's important about that sleep? It's what they call REM sleep. It's actually getting recovery sleep during the night where when you wake up, uh, you're rested and recovered. Well, why is that so important? Well, for the last 16 months, I have recorded every single night's sleep. And the next morning, I look at, did I get enough REM sleep so that my recovery rate, my HRV, my, my heart's ability to reset my body, did I get enough of that the night before? And it's not just that I look at the number, I'm also looking at, at you know, and in, in keeping up with a journal, how did I do the next day? So if I got a, a really bad night's sleep uh, and the next day I've got a big deposition, did I kill it? Was I able to get into flow state very quickly? Uh, was I able to do the things I wanted to do in that deposition? Or let's say I have a mediation and it's seven hours long and I need to be on for all seven hours, but I am just not killing it because I am I'm dragging a little bit. I didn't get a good night's sleep. I didn't get into good REM sleep. I'm waking up and I'm just not there. So the first thing I would say before we ever talk about mindfulness and and how to uh, take this positive mindset and, and move forward is do the simplest thing you can possibly do. See how you're sleeping. Do you need to go get checked for a uh, CPAP? You know, do you have some apnea? Uh, do you uh, do you need to invest in a mattress? Uh, I know probably one of the best things I've ever done is invest in a, a sleep number bed. Uh, whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes so that you, like an athlete, because as trial lawyers, that's what we are, we're mental athletes, um, are ready to go the next day. If you hear, you know, LeBron James talking about sleeping in a, uh, an oxygen tent uh, and investing, you know, $5,000 in a mattress, we don't even blink. We're like, yeah, well, that's him, right? Well, he needs to do whatever he needs to do. Well, we're in the same boat. 
the folks who follow uh, Don, Papa Don, and who are, are trying these personal injury cases at the highest level in the United States uh, and getting the best verdicts and the best results for our client are also, we are mental athletes. And so we need to be learning the same stuff that these, these folks are using. And we need to use that so that we're getting better and better and better results for our clients. And the first thing this thing starts with is sleep. That doesn't mean that every single night you need eight hours sleep. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've tracked my sleep for 16 months. I don't think I've gotten eight hours sleep a single night. I don't think so. I am usually somewhere between five and a half and six hours sleep. And for me, as long as I get that five and a half hours sleep, I'm ready to go the next day. My, my heart's healthy. Everything's happy. I'm ready to roll. But if I get five minutes less than that, I have a little bit more, I'm just a little more sluggish. Uh, and that is not something where I just think this is right or that's right. It's something I've been tracking and then journaling and then paying attention to. So uh, these are the, the first things. So what's mindfulness? What are we talking about? Why are y'all tuning in to listen to me rattle on? It's the inclination or being inclined to be aware. So is it just paying more attention to everything around us? Uh, the act of being mindful is being present where you are here and now. For a lot of us uh, who love trial work, our favorite part is that for a short period of time, while you're in that trial, whether it be a you know three-day trial or or you're looking at a you know three-week trial, but during that period of time, you get to ignore the entire world. You are there and you are present and you're doing your best to flow. Um, you, know, you don't have to worry about whether the office calls and this thing's happening or that thing's happening. I mean. I know as a young lawyer, that was my favorite part, man. I just got to tune the world out to let that thing was over. We'd start the trial. I'd take my watch off. I'd stick it over there. It didn't matter how long we're there because I'm in. The ability to get there, the ability to become present, not just during those short periods of time we're in trial, but using it every day, being more aware when we're uh, at home, being more aware when we're in deposition, being more aware when we do these things. That's really what mindfulness is. I love this definition. It's the self-regulation of attention with an attitude of curiosity, openness, openness and acceptance. So essentially, we're self-regulating our attitude. Why is that so important? Because like every one of the trial skills that we're working on, like every one of the things that, that Papa Don is working with us on, that if, like everything that, uh, that, that you learn in the Keenan Trial Institute, it is, uh, it is opening up your brain and coming in with an attitude of curiosity and openness and acceptance. But that again, only works if you practice it. You can't just show up. You know, scientists use the word self-regulation. Again, I love this word to refer to how you can take control of your attention and regulate your focus. Um, so the the ability to have a memory or a future goal or to your breath, the ability to move things into a specific direction and then repeat. Okay. So one of the biggest parts of what we're talking about is not just being able to do it once a uh, home run hitter in baseball doesn't want to hit one home run, right? They need 40, 50, 60 a year. Uh, the, uh, the great, um, ballerina doesn't want to just hit a move one time. She practices until she does it every time. 
Well, what do we do as trial lawyers? We are using our brains and our bodies and everything from how we stand in a courtroom all the way down to the words that come out of our mouth. And we want to be completely all in every time. And the only way you're going to get to that is by practicing this and paying attention to this and, and moving through. Stress. Um, we've talked a lot about stress. We've talked a lot about what is going on in our brains before we walk in each time. But what using a small mindfulness practice does is it cuts through this mental chatter. It's, it's the antidote to the negative mental chatter. So one of the, the best things that we learn about with this, this uh, as you become a better and better trial attorney is a lot of it's mental. It's, it's deciding that you're going to do what it takes for this client and you're going to do whatever the number of focus groups are, whatever you need to do to get this in the best place possible. But this brain exercise that we're going through is no different than healthy eating or regular exercise. It's, it's the exact same thing. It is what keeps you covered and protected as you help other folks. There are tons and tons and tons. You can go down and, and since you know 2015, I have gone down this, this path of um, what's out there? What should we be looking at? How can I get back into the zone quicker and more often and every day? And how on Friday afternoon at 3.30 can I be just as active as I was on Monday morning? Now, the reality is I'm not um, because like all of us, I get tired. But how do we continue to push these things is really the big deal. A lot of the research that we're seeing these days comes out of the veterans, uh, veterans with PTSD. Uh, again, because we're, we're looking at the science behind the stuff. So we're looking at uh, veterans with PTSD who have had at least 12 weekly sessions of meditation or mindfulness, uh, despite all their exposure to trauma, uh, are doing better. They're, they're having uh, the, the ability to move through PSD, PTSD, I apologize, PTSD is getting better and better and better. I'm going to kind of skip over a little bit of that. Now, now, there's different types of meditation. It's been around for a thousand years. We don't meditate to be comfortable or to be uh, okay with where we are. We don't meditate in order to feel good. Meditation gives us the opportunity to have an open, compassionate attentiveness to whatever's going on. So again, let me talk about that very briefly. So the first thing I hear from lawyers that will contact me about this is uh, how much is how much my time is this going to take? I mean, that's all that's that's our commodity. That's what we give. Right. We give our time, we give our attention and we give our uh, our, our intelligent gifts. That's what we do as attorneys. And so the first question is, uh, how much time is it going to take? And I always laugh when somebody asks me that because I'm thinking, okay, you, <laughs> we only have one body and one brain. You only go through, through this life one time. Uh, how much time and energy is it going to take for you to deal and, and be around your family? Right? So, so, my first thought is always when somebody asks me that is I start laughing because I'm like, who cares? <laughs> um, I, I want to be there for my family when I'm there. And I want to be uh, there for my clients when I'm there with my clients. And uh, I want to be able to, 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 to not be thinking about family issues when I'm in with my clients. And I don't want to be thinking about clients when I'm in with my family. And I want to be able to make that separation in everything I do. But the reality is that a lot of the research has shown that anything down to literally six breaths 
sixth, I mean, six legitimate mindful breaths may be enough to literally change our physiology. So there are practitioners out there who say, look, give me six breaths a day. So when, uh, when an attorney asked me about these, these kind of things, that, that's my first, you know, after I go through the, the mental part of, you know, how, how much time does it really matter? I can't believe you're asking me about time. My second thought is that's all you need, man. Make it, make it a, a habit of one minute a day, just one minute. Uh, on the days where, like everybody else, I get too busy, I end up where I'm, I'm going and I don't, I, I feel like I can't take that extra minute or, you, you know, it's on the way to a deposition two and a half hours away earlier this week. Uh, and uh, uh, I got behind six wrecks on the way there and my extra 35 minutes to get to the deposition turned into, you know, five minutes late. And I didn't feel like I could take that breath. But six breaths in the elevator on the way to the deposition, even I can do that. Six breaths. So that doesn't mean that that's all you need to do every day. But if you can start with six honest, deep breaths, where during that period of time, you give your brain a break. And you just say, I'm just going to concentrate on this moment, this second. And in that six seconds, what you'll notice is, is a shift in yourself. Your whole physiology, that fight or flight, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest rushes as a trial lawyer, man. You get, you're in fight or flight all the time, man. You're, you're ready to get. And, and some of us are like, well, I, I never fly. I always want to fight, Right. But it's that same mentality, that cortisol rush. It's awesome. You set your deposition up just perfectly or you're in that mediation and y'all are fighting about this issue. And it's fun, man. I mean, it is it is why we did this. We are doing this kind of work because we like to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. And it's fun to go do that fight. But by the same token, how do you get up for the next one and the next one and the next one? And the way to do that is by this practice of giving yourself enough compassion to change your physiology. The other thing I like to use it for is, is right before I walk in and, and argue a motion. I mean, you know, 21 years, I think, of practicing law. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how many motions I've done. I mean, a lot. Uh, and I still get a little keyed up, especially if it's a big motion or there's some emotional issue going on. Um, and I like to use a minute or two to reset and calm down and put myself back in that perfect mindset, that, that perfect mindset to walk in and dominate. And the way to do that is to change your physiology, to get back out of fight or flight, to shift it back from fight or flight right back into flow. And one of the best ways to do that is with breath. So multitasking in, in 2021, it's what we're, what we're doing all day long. It divides your attention from 100% so that you're not giving 100% to any one thing you're doing. It's the importance of what's important right now. I hear all the time, I am, I am an excellent multitasker. I can do 75 things at one time. And, and I'll be honest, I used to think I was really good at that. Uh, I... I you know, I, I used to brag, you know, I had this week where I had a trial and, and uh, so I tried a case and I argued a case in the Court of Appeals and I did a mediation and a deposition. I did all this stuff in like this, I don't know, five, six day period of time. And here's the kicker to all that. Yeah, I'm 29, 30 years old. I'm not married. I've, I've, I don't have any, any distractions, but I still couldn't give 100% to any one of those things. And 
that is where, as we get better and better and better at these resets, you can reset and get back into flow with every one of these things that you're working on. All right, so some of these slides, I'm just gonna skip through because of my time. How do we prevent burnout? When people say they've hit burnout, what they're talking about is they're, they're, they've lost their passion and joy. The professionals dealing with burnout, uh, it's really, it's just a trauma, right? I mean, so, so we as personal injury lawyers, we do a trauma all day long. So burnout is simply a trauma that prevents us from moving forward with the, the, the mission that we came into practicing law for. In other words, it keeps us from uh, dealing nicely with our coworkers, dealing nicely with our clients, from being uh, good, uh, good lawyers. And some of us use that. We say, I, I'm just fired up, man. I'm just fired up. I'm, I'm going to just push through this thing and, and I'm going to get something done. But the reality is uh, that you have turned this into a burden rather than doing exactly what you want to do, which is the good work that got you into this career to begin with. Lawyers, when we get into that place, especially trial lawyers, we tend to push out at everybody around us, which prevents us from doing exactly what we all want to do, which is win for our clients. I'm going to go through a, a number of, of different types of mindfulness, but I'm going to hit it fairly quickly because there's a couple of, of things. And I'm hoping that out of all the things I'm bouncing through, all the, the ideas or ideals I'm bouncing through, that, that just one of these connects with someone. Every one of these are slightly different. And in the last you know, five, six, seven years, I've probably tried just about everything. Mindfulness, meditation is the process of being present with your thoughts. At the end of the day, it's something that can be done anywhere. It is something I still do to this day, and it allows you to simply observe your thoughts and emotions without passing any judgment. So there's, there's been a lot written on this type of meditation in the trial circles in the last couple of years. Uh, I have read um, blog posts and articles and listened to podcasts that basically talk about exactly this. So. It, it's the idea of taking the, the action that's going on around you and not making it everything that dominates your thought process. So, for example, um, as lawyers, we live and breathe on whether we win or lost the trial. If you lost a personal injury trial and if you tried enough of them, you've eventually lost at least one. Um, you, it's, it's having that idea that, uh, yes, I lost the trial without putting the emotion into it, that, uh, it scares me that I lost the trial. And when you do put that emotion in there, it's being able to, uh, see that thought or that emotion without passing judgment. I, I can't believe I'm so upset that I lost that trial. After a hundred plus verdicts in personal injury cases, let me go ahead and tell you that you're going to have a day where you don't get the seven figure verdict you expected. You're also going to have a day where you got a much better verdict than you ever thought you would. It's not something that is completely uh, within our control. Now there's a lot of things we can do to, to get to that. And, uh, you know, Keenan trial teaches you a whole lot of things that, that help you get to that point. But, but at the end of the day, what mindfulness 
meditation allows you to do is see these thoughts and emotions without passing personal judgment upon them. My client said something in a deposition that hurt their case without being angry that my client said something in a deposition that hurt their case without feeling uh, bad that I wish my client had not said something in a deposition that hurt their case, right? So it's separating the facts from the emotion because at the end of the day, all the actions we take, all the things we do revolve around emotion. So it's being able to separate or see that emotion or that emotional impact and process it as a, as a fact without assigning an emotion to it in our own head. That probably sounded more complex than it actually is, but, but it's essentially in mindfulness meditation, you sit there and as each of your thoughts comes up, you don't empty your brain. You, through focusing on your breathing, allow these emotions to come up and you deal with them by recognizing what they are. And that allows you to get back to this neutral state of mind much, much faster. Transcendental meditation. Uh, my law partner is trained in transcendental meditation. I am not, um, but I've certainly looked at, at that particular type of meditation. And I hear all the time, what about this? It's 20 minutes twice a day using a mantra-based meditation. It allows you to settle. It allows you to get to a place of essentially ultimate peace. And the goal there is to do that without a tremendous amount of concentration or effort. And ton of folks out there practicing transcendental meditation who will just swear by TM. Uh, it is not something that, um, that that is the one of these that I have not tried. Guided meditation. Guided imagery or visualization is essentially seeing something in your brain and then, um, you know, feeling it, tasting it, smelling it, using that to to calm you from where you are. Um, I have worked with a meditation coach uh, who does a really good job with this, uh, where, where I call it resetting or, you know, immediately before and after a trial, I try and set up a, a coaching session so that uh, she can help me with getting back to this this place of neutral. Um, and a lot of that is this guided meditation where we are doing a visualization as part of that uh, guided meditation. There's, uh, and I always mispronounce this word because I'm, again, as Don has pointed out, the, the redneck boy from Eastern North Carolina, but but a uh, this type of meditation is a 10 day course. I have not done done all of this, but certainly uh, have have taught with uh, teachers uh, who have done this type of um, tradition and uh, have some good friends who grew up with it. And the. Um, uh, it gets back to exactly what we're doing before. The idea is to to put things um, is to not associate emotion with facts. All right. Loving kindness meditation uh, is the practice of uh, wishing well towards others. Um, and as part of that, um, and, and I have worked with, with um, my uh, coach on this before, uh, it also uh, includes sitting down and, and, uh, and writing a 
basically a guide of all the things that you hope that will help other folks. It's um, picturing folks and, um, and, and helping other folks uh, through visualization and pushing yourself down and other folks up. And a lot of that, I think, uh, helps us with what we do for, for a living to put back into focus other, other people and, and where they're coming from. Chakra meditation is, uh, you know, is basically an, in, an energy or a spiritual uh, type of meditation. Um, certainly my, my law partner and I have, have talked about that this in the past uh, and certainly done some work with this. Um, again, for what we're doing, I don't know that, that this is necessarily the best form of, of um, mindfulness meditation, but it certainly exists. Yoga, my uh, law partner um, spends a lot of time in yoga meditation uh, using different balance and um, um, poses and allowing that to recenter her for uh for, for big work the next day. So it's not a physical practice. It's a, it's a mental practice. Uh, I use a coach and let me talk. Uh, I, I know I'm running out of time, so I'll, I'm trying to pop through some of these fairly quickly, but uh, I use a coach. Her name's Laura Mayer, um, Mar, I'm sorry, Laura Mar, And uh, she is an attorney in Asheville, North Carolina. And what do I use Laura for? Um, I use Laura to help me get back to, to neutral. Uh, if you're going uh, 80 hours a week, one week, and you know 60 hours a week the next, and it's, it's late at night and you're still concentrating on these cases, but you also want a family and you want to disconnect and you want to push away from these things and you need a mental reset periodically so that you can take your, uh, your practice, your, your, your mindset and allow you to reset and reconnect so that, uh, with every single piece of what we do in a trial, we're there and paying attention and looking at what we're doing uh, and, and really getting back to this idea of flow or flow state. Um, that's what I use Laura for. And as part of that, uh, she gives a lot of techniques. Uh, she gives a lot of uh, specific practice areas uh, like any coach would. Um, she sends me home with homework. Uh, she sends me home with specific things that I can do um, that day that helps me be prepared for the next day and the next day and the next day. One example of that is, uh, she gave me something super simple to do, um, to disconnect because one of my biggest issues is bringing these cases home with me. And I know a lot of us do. And one of the first techniques that she ever gave me and, and I uh, used for actually for a, quite a while was to visualize before I go home, uh, turning off my computer, hanging up my telephone, disconnecting the lights, standing up from my desk, pushing my chair under the, under the, the desk, walking out, of my office and walking to my car and then opening my eyes and doing it. And I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but after a few times of doing it, what I found is by the time I got to my car, my blood pressure, which probably stays about 10 or 12 points higher in, in the office than it does anywhere else was significantly lower by the time I got to my car. The other thing we worked on was when during the day, I was going to take resets. So if you're back to back to back to back to back with uh, deposition prep, mediation prep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when do you take that breath and say, okay, I just need to de-stress for just a moment. So um, we 
put, and I literally, the cleaning person has recently taken them off of my phone, but it used to say breath. So every time I would answer my phone, it would say breath beforehand. So I would take one cleansing breath and answer the phone. But what it did was kind of like uh, the old how to win friends and influence people thing. It put me in the right mindset when I would answer the phone to help. Rather than the annoyance <coughs> of getting interrupted in the middle of what I was doing. And that made a significant um, a significant difference for me. There's all different kinds of people who are out there these days who are talking about using um, what we're talking about in business and in uh, the law uh, and significant uh, leaders in our community. And I want to come back to one more thing you can do, which is look at some of these apps, Headspace, Zen Out, Oak, 10% Happier, Present, uh, Meditation and Sounds. If you don't know where to get started and you don't have a coach or you don't want to call someone like Laura Mayer, but you want to work on your, your ability to get back into the flow state, then there's never been a time with more things present for you that allow you to get there. Uh, the new version of Apple Watch literally has uh, a mindfulness app that comes on. And you can use that for meditation. You can use that for breath. You can say, okay, well, Joe may be crazy but I'm going to try one minute a day. I'm going to give him one minute a day for 30 days. Do it on your Apple watch. Just, you don't need to hire a expensive coach or, or a person one minute a day. And at the end of that minute, what you will find is that you are very quickly getting back to this flow state and this ability to get back in the ball game quicker. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get back faster, get back to our uh, uh, ability to help our clients, get back to, to winning cases and still having this wonderful relationship with our family and our friends when we get home. And, uh, and, and I hope everybody got one little tiny nugget out of this, this ramble um, that may help them just a little bit. So Jenna, that's what I've got. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. That was awesome. There was so much good information in there. I can't imagine that everybody who's watching and everybody who will watch won't at least take away one thing from that. You know, I know we're going to get uh, some questions about your PowerPoint materials. Is that something you want people to ask you about directly? Or do you want to give that to Ryan? Or how do you want that to be handled? Sure, I can. Um, they can email me directly. I can throw it on a um, Dropbox and shoot it out to everybody. All right, great. Well, we'll make sure that the contact information is in the section below so that you guys can contact Joe for his PowerPoint materials or um, as a resource for some of this meditation and mindfulness practice. I feel more calm even, Joe, having listened to that. Actually, I think I'm speaking in a different tone now. <laughs> thank you. So I uh, thank you all of you who joined us this week uh, for this week's episode of Fridays with Keenan's Cutting Edge. If you liked today's video, please click that thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe and sign up for alerts so you don't miss an episode. Now, this podcast is about delivering what you want to hear. So don't be shy about sharing topic ideas with us. As Papa Don always says, if you want to know more about it, chances are someone else does too. 
Now for next week, we have a little bit of a scheduling change. David Hoey, who was supposed to be with us next week, had a conflict. So we are going to move the topic that was originally scheduled for October 22nd back to October 29th. And we're going to switch the Fridays. So next week, we're going to be hearing from, of, from one of my personally favorite people, my law partner, Young Ji Hom. And she's going to be speaking to us about finding your inner voice. Now, this is something that she knows a lot about and has personally worked on and is still working on in her practice. So I look forward to hearing from and learning from Young Ji with all of you. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,